Taking the Middle Seat, a podcast where we explore connection where you might not think it exists. I'm your host, Andrea, and I've always believed there is connection to be made when you sit next to someone and really take in their story. So every couple of weeks or so, I'm taking the middle seat. I'm listening in on someone's story because I know that the middle seat holds healing and acceptance and laughter and community if we just stay open and remember that we belong to each other. I hope you'll listen into each and every episode and that you'll find yourself moving in to hear the magic in the middle seat. On this episode, episode 33, I'm talking to Rachel Kaminsky. She is an alternative hair stylist and owner of Confidence Beyond Hair Loss. She is an incredible example of meeting people exactly where they are, and I loved hearing her story. Rachel is a cancer survivor. Her cancer experience in 2017 raised her awareness of how challenging alternative hair can be. And when I say alternative hair, you're, you might be thinking like blue hair, mohawks, something like that, but this was a new term for me. And what I'm talking about is wigs and toppers and other things that can help people dealing with different types of hair loss. And Rachel knows how self-esteem and confidence can really take a hit when someone is dealing with hair loss, no matter what the cause. And you guys, there are so many causes that I really hadn't considered before she started listing them all. It's not just a chemotherapy issue. It can be caused by so many things and can be a chronic issue or a one-time thing. But no matter what, it's almost always a self-esteem and a self-image issue. And like lots of things that affect mainly women, we don't talk about them. We don't talk about how women may feel shame or embarrassment around their thinning hair or baldness. And I'm telling you, Rachel's social media is so fun to follow. She posts before and afters of her gorgeous clients, and you can see immediately the difference in their hair, but more than that, you can see the change in their spirit. I love it so much. Rachel is an incredibly calming presence, and I could feel just a little bit of the warmth and strength she offers her clients. This time around, I'd like to ask again for you to share the podcast. Rachel is a wonderful example of one of my favorite lessons of this podcast. Early on, you might remember my guest, Christine Mwangi, and she said to me, you never know who's waiting for you to follow your dream. There is someone out there that needs to know that their hair loss is not a flaw or an unfixable aspect of themselves, that they're not alone. So especially this time, and really every time, you guys, share away. Tell people how to find the show and how to subscribe. You'll be the coolest friend around. Isn't that what we're going for? I mean, come on. So are you ready to get to the good stuff? I know I am. This is my interview with Rachel Kaminsky. Rachel, welcome to Taking the Middle Seat. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited to hear about your story. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. I appreciate it. So my goal in all of my interviews is to help people 
um, really kind of lean into stories and people's, um, you know, history that they might not have walked themselves. And I think you are a perfect example of that as to, um, we'll kind of get into what your business is and your story. Um, but you kind of have lived something that not everyone has lived and you shine a light on experiences that um, not everyone has experienced. And I just love that you, you're there to kind of to shine that light and to help people in kind of a specific area. So talk a little bit about what you do and then we'll work backwards and kind of start talk about where it all started. Sure. So um, what I do is I'm the owner of Confidence Beyond Hair Loss and it's an alternative hair studio in Grand Haven, Michigan. And I work with women who are experiencing hair loss due to any circumstance. Um, top of mind that often people first think about is chemotherapy, but also people struggle with um, alopecia, uh, thyroid and autoimmune disorders, and trichotillomania, which is a um, disease where people often pull their hair um, due to any circumstance. So I, and um, also women have hair loss after having a baby with all those surgeon hormones. So um, I've, I started this in um, May of last year. Uh, after finishing, after I finished chemotherapy for Hodgkin's lymphoma okay. um, in 2017. So um, I'm a, I've been a hairstylist for nine years now. Okay. And I, um, even though I have so much experience with working with um, men and women um, doing hair, the area of alternative hair and hair loss is, I'm not one that's touched very often. Um, even when I was a hairstylist, I would have people who would have shedding or excessive shedding. And I just thought, didn't think much of it, thought, oh, maybe we need to change up your hair product or, um, it, whatever it may be. And then as I started losing my hair, I realized how, um, devastating it is to your self esteem and it can really control the way you think about yourself. And so many women I talk to say that it consumes their daily thoughts. Um, they, a lot of women I talk to have gone to the doctor and the doctor or uh, their care physician will tell them it's not that big a deal. Don't worry about it. And I just yes. think that's not acceptable. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and I also struggled with wearing a wig. Um, I live a very active lifestyle. And so I was always looking to how to make a wig more comfortable, how to make it look more realistic. And I started doing research and wanted to really give back and help others um, I, from what I learned. I love it. And I would imagine that it really does take a kind of an expert specialist to really dig into wigs and alternative hair pieces and all that kind of stuff. Like you can't just be any old stylist and know how to deal with those things, right? Absolutely. It does take more training than just your average cosmetology license. Yeah. Um, I went and took a special class in Chicago. Uh, it was two days worth of how to actually fit a wig and a topper. And a topper is um, kind of like you could think of it as a mini wig that you clip on to the hair you already have. Okay. Which is for someone who has thinning through the crown or top of their head. And I didn't know going into it, or even when I wore a wig, but there's different sizes of alternative hair pieces. It's not one size fits all. Um, so that is huge. You need to be fitted for the proper fitting wig. Otherwise, it's 
you're going to have headaches and pain, or it's going to be sliding around and just not look like it's a part of you. And that is so important. Yeah, it's probably just as then it just makes you, you know, even more self-conscious that everyone can see, oh, you're wearing a wig. And um, to take away that stigma, I think is just, it has to be so powerful. Let's back up a little bit and talk about like when you were diagnosed and when your hair, and I'm assuming you lost your hair because of chemo, is that right? Yeah. And was it I don't even know if that's usually a gradual process or if that happens all at once or if it differs depending on the type of chemo or what was that like for you? Yeah, so it really differs on the person and the type of chemo. Mine was kind of a gradual progression. I started chemo in July of 2017 and I actually didn't um, shave my head until October And I had quite a few months um, that I just kind of dealt with the excessive large amounts of hair loss. Um, I waited so long, I think, because I was hanging on to those few last strands of hope, essentially. You know, I like to have control of my life, and that was something (laughs) I thought I could control. Um, But I realized, because during chemo for myself, I couldn't control... um, how the drugs affected me, uh, how I felt, you know, I was tired. Um, luckily I had a very, um, I was very blessed and I wasn't super sick. I still managed to go to work, but wearing a wig for me was my form of control. Yeah. I could make kind of make myself feel like my old self in a sense. Yeah. Um, but some women do and men lose their hair very quickly within a matter of a couple of weeks after starting their chemotherapy. Okay. Um, so it's often suggested to see an alternative hairstylist or um, within usually with before you start chemo because you can kind of get a better idea of what your current style is and what you're looking for if you want long hair with a specific curl pattern or your coloring. Um, but it's not always required. Yeah. You don't have to have a wig that looks just like you. You can have something totally new and bold and you know, say you've always been a blonde, you can be a brunette, you could be a redhead, you can wear a pixie, or you can have hair down to the middle of your back if you want. Yeah. Um, well, so, helping people have fun with it is probably really part of your job, that it's not all sadness and drudgery, that it can be a really fun thing. Exactly. Um, it's a time to embrace yourself and, yeah, not think of it in such a negative, negative way and that get to be whoever you want to be during that time period, really. Yeah, I love that. Um, When you had to pick out your first wig or hairpiece, what was your experience like? Did you find someone that was like, you know, rad like you and make you, made you feel amazing? (laughs) I actually actually did have a really great experience. And um, I actually picked out two hairpieces and they looked, one looked just like the hair that I had before going through treatment and the other one was a dark I have brown hair now but before treatment I actually had blonde hair um and I had a great experience the woman I worked with was lovely um but the and the pieces were beautiful they were just a little they were quite high maintenance and I didn't expect that going into it they needed a lot of uh heat styling um, which is unique for a synthetic piece Um, so they were quite high maintenance and I by the end and middle of my treatment, I kind of just wanted something to throw on. I didn't want to have to work at it. And so that's something I talk with in depth with my clients because 
And I suggest often when you're going through a treatment like chemo, you want something easy. I know I did. Um, you're tired, you're not feeling the greatest, and you just kind of want to be able to throw it on and go and yeah. not have to fuss. And, um, but even though I had a great experience, I knew I still um, wanted to do this business because there's a lot of women who don't have great experiences. Yeah. And um, you do often feel quite alone when you're going through this. You, you, it can be a kind of mental struggle because you think, oh, it's, I'm doing this all by myself when there are millions and billions of women going through this, but it's not often spoken about. Yeah, I think that's just so interesting that because it's true, we don't talk about it. If you have shame around whatever is causing your hair loss, um, people really, especially women, really don't. It's not acceptable um, to talk about it. And I would, and I, I think of wigs and hair pieces most frequently, at least in my mind, associated with losing your hair for cancer. But I think the other folks, do you find that they're even less connected? to um an alternative hair source absolutely like, and yeah. I think there's almost more stigma um around that i've worked with um, a woman um actually I, when i first started my business i thought it would just be around women with going through chemotherapy or cancer treatments and i met a woman who's just been life-changing such a blessing to me because she taught me so much about the world of alopecia she okay. has total and complete hair loss, and that started when she was 13, and she is now 50. And so she's worn a wig for 37 years and has been um, so ashamed and um, has really hid herself from her. She is such a beautiful, kind woman. She hid herself from the world because she was so embarrassed of it. Oh. And it wasn't until I met her that she actually publicly announced on Facebook, like, these are the two wigs I'm wearing this year. I'm turning 50. You know, I'm going to embrace it. So if you don't like it too bad kind of thing. And she taught me so much um, because she has lived her whole, pretty much her whole life um, with wearing a wig. Um, and I've met other women who have hair loss um, that's not as extreme, but they still, they work very public jobs and positions. They do a lot of public speaking and they often think that you know, that makes a detriment to their job and their self-esteem. So um, when they found me and we built a relationship, it's really been life-changing for both of us. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just get chills thinking of how um, monumental that must be for that woman you talked about with alopecia since 13 and yes. to finally feel confident about wigs and feeling good about herself. I mean, that is just mm -hmm. phenomenal. I love it. Um, so when you were going through your treatment and um, starting to consider this business, were you thinking it right away or did it kind of come to you like a lightning kind of <laughs> lightning moment? Like I have to do this. How did that all come to fruition? So during treatment, I learned a lot of tips and tricks on how to style a wig um, just through my experience. And I really thought I wanted to start a YouTube channel. But I was so exhausted I, um, during my treatment, and I was lucky enough, I actually worked, I still worked my full-time job, plus some, I um, also worked every other Saturday, so I still led a very busy life, and so I never got around to the YouTube channel, but every person I talked to was so supportive and 
just kept encouraging me and to follow this dream and passion. And um, it started with a free class I offered at my house. Um, there is a program that the American Cancer Society calls um, Look Good, Feel Better program, and that's a fabulous class. I still suggest anyone who's going through treatment to, to take this class. They give you hundreds of dollars worth of free makeup and a little tutorial on how to apply it. Okay. And, but um, I offered a free class that was kind of uh, around that. Um, but it went more in depth with wigs and how to style a wig, how to, some people, you know, never put their hair in a ponytail because of a wig. They're afraid that it looks fake or maybe it needs a little bit of customization, like some face framing and thinning and some bangs. Mm -hmm. And so I started with that and had a great response. And I thought, you know, I could take this to the next step and, and, um, start a business. And I told a friend about it who's an entrepreneur and she pretty much that day was like, you're, you're making a Facebook page, you're doing this. <laughs> and so I just kind of jumped in and um, have been extremely busy since then. That is so cool. Yeah, you just start putting one foot in front of the other and putting it out there and people come to you. I feel like that is the story of so many entrepreneurs that I've talked to. Um, what is your space like? Do you have a studio or do you go to people or what is that physical um environment like for your customers? Yeah, so I actually transformed a bedroom in my home into a private studio. Oh, cool. One chair myself and um, the guest, or if the guest would like to bring their significant other or friend or mom, um, I just wanted it to be a very warm and welcoming and cozy space. So there's just one chair and um, I have a smaller selection of wigs and toppers than some wig stores, but I do that on purpose because I want the person to to feel not feel so overwhelmed and for us to be able to find something specific to what they're looking for um, and not feel like they just have to pick it off the shelf. Yeah, yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah, so we do a lot of consultation and what their daily life looks like, what is their budget, what is their desired style, um, and color, and then we'll try on multiple different wigs or toppers, and then orders often order something that looks and works for them. Um, but all of them, all of everything I have in stock is available for purchase, but it doesn't mean they have to feel limited to, to purchase one of those options. Yeah, and I would imagine people really appreciate that. Like, you know what's out there. You've curated the best things, the different options, so they don't have to go out there and do that homework themselves. Exactly, and many wig shops um, don't order things for someone. It's what they have is what they have, and that's all. And so you may walk out with something that isn't really what you were looking for, and I don't want people to have to settle with something that they're not happy with because most likely they'll be wearing it every single day for, for quite a few months and or up to, you know, six months to a year or their whole life. So, yeah, um, yeah it's all so important to not feel like you're committed to one to one option. And they're usually quite an investment, right? Like they're, you know, it's something that if you're going to spend that much money, you certainly want it to feel good and be comfortable and all of those things. Absolutely. Um. And I'm assuming that you can work with any hair, color, type, length, texture, all of those things? Definitely. 
I have um, quite a variety in styles and colors. And um, if I don't have something, I'm, I have in the past, and I'm always open to doing research to find something that fits them better. Like right now I'm in the search for a really great curly topper. I have some wavy ones, but I don't have one that's super curly. And I have a client who her hair is very naturally curly, but has um, some thinning. And so we're looking for something that the curl pattern matches more closely. Gotcha. So I, I'm open to doing research and I, so that the client doesn't have to do that. They don't have to run around and scour the internet for hours on end trying to find something that they love. Yeah, I love it. So if you um, have your, like your dream could come true for your business, what, what's the future look like for you? What do you want to do from here? My, yes. Uh, so my ultimate dream is to have that big, beautiful space with a plethora of wigs and toppers available, yet still have it very warm and cozy yeah. so that you don't uh, just walk in and feel like another customer or person. Um, with small private meeting rooms where you can sit and drink a cup of tea and just chat. Mm -hmm. And if you have, you know, sad tears or happy tears that you're okay to express that in a safe space. And, um, you know, that's where I, why I do love my, you know, one chair alternative hair studio I have now, but um, I've had some large groups come in where it's a mom and daughter and friends and aunts and, my one little bedroom is getting quite full. So yeah, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's quite, you know, becomes quite a party. Um, so I would love to have that beautiful open airy space with yeah. lots of sunshine and a welcoming, safe environment. Yes. Well, it sounds like you are on your way to getting, <laughs> to getting there. What, um, you know, people come in in various states of like emotions and illness and whatever. What is the hardest thing about this work? If there, if there is a hard thing. There, there often is a lot of, um, sadness. Um, something for me that I had to work through because I had only finished chemo a few months, um, before starting this business. So there was, uh, there was there's risk that my cancer could have come back. And I have met a lot of women whose cancer did come back. This is the second or third occurrence. And um, so I had to remind myself not to dwell on that. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, you can put yourself in a very negative mind space. And I always want to go into each appointment with a positive, uh, positive and happy and encouraging outlook. Um, and so, but when you meet someone who had, I've met someone who has the same exact cancer that I did mm -hmm. and he, it came back. And so that was really hard. Um, also meeting wow. those women who have terminal cancer, um, is devastating because I do like to write follow up letters and thank them for coming. Um, and even like a, after a few months, they think, you know, thinking of you and you always wonder how, you know, I always check and see how are they doing. Um, and women who, you know, it's also hard because each woman's, um, has their own story and testament and you don't know what they have been through. And so you always have to, um, think of that and put yourself in other people's shoes 
and also be a really great listener because you, you um, never want to just assume anything. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even consider, but of course, if you're, you know, no matter how far you are out from your own cancer journey, working in that same space um, can for sure be kind of, um, I don't know, re-traumatizing might be the, the heavier word than I mean for it, but I'm sure that that, that presents a challenge to kind of keep the lightness and keep the um, emotional support for your client there. Um, Absolutely. Kind of on the flip side of that, what is your absolute favorite thing or maybe like a favorite moment um, since you've started doing this work? Oh, I have so many. I bet. <laughs> I... Um, I often ask each person um, if they would like or if they mind if I take a photo, even if, um, and I always have them approve it, um, I always say, would you, do you mind if I share this on social media or not? And if they say no, it's not a problem because I can um, either blur their face out, but I have some amazing before and afters and the most um, touching um, testimonials from women I have. I worked with one woman who um, had two uh, surgeries on her scalp for melanoma and um, she had a very large scar and um, incision. It was probably about five or six inches long on the top of her head and she oh had been wearing um, hats for about three months straight because she hadn't found something that was comfortable um, and she works in a very public um, position mm -hmm. and so she came in um, and we found her a topper that clipped onto her hair and so she still had hair on the sides and back of her head and um, we found a base size that's large enough because there's all different base sizes and we blended it in with her hair it was it just made her hair look so nice and thick and full mm -hmm. and she wrote me such a powerful testimony about how other women were coming up to her and mentioning how much they loved her hair. And uh, so it's great to see how their testimonies are touching other women's lives. Yeah. And um, that's where I, I started this business with doing a lot of um, Facebook advertising. And since, pro since the beginning of December, I haven't done any paid advertising because it's just been all referrals. Um, because when one person's happy, it touches so many other people's lives. Yeah. Um, I've, I've met so many amazing women, um, and been so blessed to be able to work with them because it's a very sensitive subject. Yeah. So. And I love that, you know, anytime you bring something out of a shadow or something, you know, so it's just such an opportunity for other people to say, yes, I, I've been there. Me too. I love it. Um, so I, I love people that are doing that type of work that are just shining a light where there hasn't been one before. And it's, um, it's just incredible. I love it. I saw the um, before and after pictures of that woman that you were talking about when I was kind of looking at things today. Um, and it is just phenomenal. It's just and you don't, I don't think people would think of having melanoma re removed from their head and then that, re you know, the resulting issue of that, it just doesn't cross your mind unless you've walked through that. Um, right. But I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Um, so there are a few questions that I ask of all my guests. So we're going to run through those. 
how would you describe either types of people or types of spaces that make you feel seen and heard for who you are? I know people that are in the helping profession like stylists and, um, you know, even just business owners in and of themselves are oftentimes providing so much service to other people that sometimes we aren't seen and heard for who we are ourselves. So where are those spaces or what are those people for you? Um, you know, I do really... I was thinking a lot about this and I feel like I can relate to and really tell my testimony with, I'm sure you'd assume, but with other fellow cancer patients and survivors, um, we've gone, you know, we've gone through something similar and, um, I know how anxious it is. You can feel about losing your hair and losing that control and feeling like you don't know who you are anymore. Um, so I've, met a lot of amazing patients and survivors and um, in my space at my home. Um, and uh, so I feel like I have a lot of connection with people yeah. who have been walked the same journey that I have. Um, but I also, other stylists that I've met, um, I have a great group of girls that I worked with at a salon for eight years. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I told them I was going to be pursuing this, they all were more than supportive um, because they know how passionate I am about helping people and what I've gone through. They they were there throughout that whole um, journey. And uh, when the other stylists that I've met and since starting this business, they are so supportive. They have referred clients to me that either are having hair loss or going through cancer treatments and they've um, asked for my cards mm-hmm. and are willing to refer people to me, which um, was amazing because I was, a, I thought, you know, I hoped that was what would happen, but you never know mm-hmm. um, because you always wonder, Ooh, do they think it's going to be competition? But yeah. really it's a totally different Avenue and um, niche than, than just being a, not that j- you're just a stylist, but, than being a stylist, um, you know, the hair loss, hair loss uh, avenue is, is a little bit different. Yeah, I love that, you know, women supporting women is always a, a powerful thing. I, I think that's amazing. Absolutely. Um, the next question is if people, I often get people that ask, you know, how do I reach out of my comfort zone or how do I create deeper connection in my life? Um, so I like to ask guests if you have any thoughts about how to do that, if people are desiring more genuine connection. Something that I've always strive to do is to put myself in someone else's shoes. Yeah. Um, and to really think on a deeper level, like what are they going through or, um, you know, what have they gone through or what, you know, those, are they, you know, do they have someone in their life who they're taking care of? Do they, mm-hmm. plus, um, you know, are they struggling with mental health issues? Do they have depression and anxiety? Um, do they have self-esteem issues or are they going, you know, not, you know, you're not just a cancer patient. Um, you have lived a life up until then, and that's yeah. just something that you're going through at the moment. Um, but like with uh, some of the women I meet with hair loss, um, they have a lot of anxiety and pre-existing anxiety to even um, experiencing hair loss and depression, and I work through that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand when they 
email me and say, you know, I almost, I wanted to throw up when I like wore my topper out for the first time because I was afraid everyone knew. Yeah. And um, like, how do you get over that? And I'm like, you just kind of have to do it, which really sucks to say, like, but you just have to try it and, and you will get through it and you can text me if you want before you walk into work. Um, and so also another way to make a deeper connection is empathizing and also asking questions. Um, like how did that make you feel or how are you doing today? Or, um, how can I help you through this? And, yeah. um, uh, just to learn more and, um, and even, yeah. And also asking about their, um, their life and their loved ones. Cause you never know what their, what their family is going through. Maybe they have someone in their family who's going through cancer as well, or yeah. has, um, auto, an autoimmune disorder that could use help with an alternative hairstylist or. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, seeing beyond whatever's kind of presenting in front of you, asking questions about what's outside of that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, the third question is how, so if someone saw your list of roles and accomplishments, um, like, you know, stylist, business owner, um, cancer survivor, or they just saw you kind of physically across the room. So all they got was a picture, a physical picture of you. What are they missing? What's kind of between the lines? Um, it's such a complicated question. I, I know. really, you know, I had to think about this a lot. And um, currently and even before and after cancer diagnosis, um, I've always, tr- I've tried to pr- pr- portray a sense of confidence in myself, but I have dealt with depression and anxiety. And um, so sometimes, especially in recent years, um, I realize I like my alone time. And, uh, you know, I'm in a very kind of, you talk to a lot of people and you spend so much time focusing on everyone else that you forget to talk, to focus on yourself. And so, um, you know, taking time for myself and, um, realizing that it's okay that, you know, I'm feeling a certain way. Maybe I'm having depression and anxiety about something, um, but it's not essentially who I am. Yeah. Uh, You know, I can be, go above and beyond that. And it's just something that I'm dealing with. Um, and I try to kind of remind women that it's okay to deal with these things and to talk about them because so many people suffer. Um, But with that, like something that people probably miss about me is that um, it's hard. I really love, you know, I love to do so many things and I feel like I've actually kind of found who I am, which is amazing. I've always, you know, I was trying to search and figure out what I love to do in my life and how to put everything into one. And I feel like I've actually found that with confidence beyond hair loss. Yeah. uh, Oh, that is such an amazing feeling. I feel that kind of the same way at this age and stage in life and um, not that it won't change in coming years and things will kind of shift and move and whatever, but 
when you step into that thing that you're just like, Zing, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, it's, it's very motivating and really cool. I identify too with the, I need the alone time. <laughs> Most of what I do both with the podcast and my, um, my job, my normal job is, um, public facing kind of people stuff, which I love, but you also kind of have to fill yourself up, um, you know, in order to do that work. So I completely understand that. Um, this isn't one of my normal questions, but I'm always just curious of, are there ways that you do take care of yourself? Like things that you, that do fill you up? How do you do that self care? So, um, before I had started this business a little bit, um, wasn't quite as in depth as I am now, but I took a pottery class at the Holland area arts council. Cool. It was so awesome. I went once a week for a couple months and um, it was such a great way to just get out of my head um, to try something. I had done pottery in high school, but I hadn't done it. And I took a class in college, but I hadn't done it since then. And um, you get to throw on the wheel and build by hand and um, use different, you know, glazes, and it was a neat opportunity um, to try something new and just to focus on you and what you want. Um, so I suggest that to a lot of people who have a little bit of time to devote or really to make time to devote to yourself. Yeah. Um, I love to do those, like, adult coloring books. Yes. Um, I'm really into arts and crafts projects. I'm always, like, hot gluing something or <laughs> at, good, at Goodwill purchasing a piece of furniture and, like, spray painting it and recovering it. I'm really into um, thrifty uh, home decor. Yeah. So I'm always working on something like that when I have time. Um so I have just a couple things I like to do to kind of to get out of my mind and allow myself some some freedom and yeah. Stuff. Oh, I love that the glue gun is always handy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last question kind of goes along with the same thing is favorite things. So I think that people connect on a very kind of initial surface level through favorite things and they're like, Oh, me too. I love that too. Um, so what is kind of lighting you up? What's just fun or you can say a serious thing too, but what, what is um, some of your favorite things right now? Um, let's see right now being with it so cold outside. Um, I am, our house has a fireplace, so I just love being able to sit by my fire and enjoy a glass of wine with my um, husband, and I have a pit bull, so I'm a pit bull mom. Um, I love to follow other kind of pit bull moms on Instagram. Um, it's such a neat culture and really trying to improve the image um, of pit bulls, because, uh, you know, they got such a bad rap for so long. They do. So, what's, your, what's your pit bull's name? Her name is Kira, and yeah. she is full of sass and uh, <laughs> super adorable. So she's a little baby, Aww. and um, yeah. But I also I just love being able to get together with girlfriends and travel, and uh, um, yeah, have new experiences. Yeah, I love that. You'll have to tell me your favorite pitbull moms to follow on Instagram. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Following, um, People that rescue pets and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I love it. Um, yeah. 
Well, I am so appreciative that you were willing to come on taking the middle seat. I know you didn't know me from a hole in the wall and you were still really open <laughs> to coming on. And I so appreciate that every time I really do think that you are doing incredible work um, that is so needed. And I think it's pretty rare that, you know, you're not, there's not a million of you out there. So you're, you're so needed. I love it. I will link to all the things so people can follow you and direct people to your services that need them. Um, so I'm just so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Andrea. How much do you love her? Ah, her voice and her spirit just make me so happy. You know how there are people that just make you feel safe and accepted and peaceful and like the stress and dirty dishes of life don't matter? Rachel is that person. I can only imagine how her clients must feel when they've had shame around their hair loss their whole life or they're new to hair loss due to an illness experience they can finally meet someone who has been through it, she's walked the walk, and she can see them to the other side. So, can we take a pledge right here, right now? I literally make my kids do this, you guys. You can imagine how much they enjoy this particular aspect of my parenting. And this is a repeat after me situation. I'm not kidding. So repeat after me. I don't care if you're in your cubicle or your car or you're waiting for your kids somewhere or you're at the dinner table. You are going to repeat after me, mister. All right, you ready? I, listener, will be aware of the aspects of myself that I think are mistakes or flaws. I will be aware of these things so that I can begin to change the awareness to celebration. I know I will not leap from shame to celebration in one bound, but I will commit to reframing my flaws so that I can see others in that same light. As a collection of struggle and humanity and light and love, I know there is someone out there waiting for me to do my work so I can help them do theirs. Okay. That's it. No more repeating. But seriously, I feel like we need these mantras sometimes to reframe our thinking and reframe our perspective of how we're seeing others. Seriously, Rachel was my teacher in this episode. She holds space for people to show up exactly as they are and shows them how to take that leap from shame to celebration. I freaking love this podcast, you guys. Now go follow Rachel so you can share her work. We all know people in our lives who need this exact kind of pick-me-up. They need Rachel's particular kind of magic. So share away. Share the podcast and share Rachel's work at Confidence Beyond Hair Loss. And go take the middle seat. You will find connection and magic and probably yourself right there. <laughs>